Hey everyone, this is Steve Bowes. A quick intro for today's show. We recorded today's show live at the ADP Analyst Day event in New York City in mid-September. Trish and I sat down with our great friend of the show, Don Weinstein from ADP, all about ADP's award-winning next-gen HR technology and how the changing nature of work is driving how modern HR tech is moving forward. Don is a great guest. This was a super fun show, and I know you will enjoy this conversation. All right, let's get on to the HR Happy Hour Show with Don in New York City. You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarlane. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www. .hrhappyhour.net. Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bose. I'm joined by, of course, Trish McFarland. Live from in New person. York City. How about that? What's going on, Trish? It's fantastic. Tell, tell so, our listeners about where we are, if you don't mind. We are here at ADP Analyst Day, New York City, which every September, I love this. I actually truly look forward to this. This is a good one. Um, I love, I, I've taken, I don't even know how many pages of notes, so you can all stay, stay tuned. It's like I'd six say. or seven pages of notes. Like, it's enough for me to think about for the next year. Um which is good, but no, we are we are sitting here. I want you to describe the room, but let me just say it is a gorgeous, sure I can. gorgeous sunny day, and the, like the view right outside the window is the Empire State Building. So I don't know, like something really cool about that. Yeah, it's an awesome setting. Uh, we're in this kind of uh, they call it the cupola, cupola, cupolo. Okay. I, I don't know how nice to say that round. word. It's it's really exotic looking kind of round room. It's a sunny day in New York City. It's all good. We might have to post a photo of the room we with the show. That. I feel like we should we'll figure that, that out. Show. Yes, absolutely. I mostly like to take pictures of my food. I don't really take. <laughs> you do not. I, know. I hate that. We'll you talk about that pictures. maybe some of the time. Food pictures are great. Can we just say really quickly? So we went to the largest Starbucks reserve here in we the did. states currently here in New York City, and um, it, the food pictures came into play because I wanted to find out whether or not we had tried a certain type of coffee in Shanghai a few a uh, few months ago. And because I had taken photos of my, I guess, food, does coffee count as food? It, it, it's a food, food adjacent. We knew, here we thought we were drinking something we'd already tried, and we were not, because I was able to look back and see that. So, I don't know, there's the case for food photos. <laughs> I'm not sold on You're not, right, okay, so, all right, that's fine. Enough of that. So, of that. announcements, I don't know, I'm not sure when the show is running, so we'll skip all the announcements. Okay. We will get right to a returning guest to the HR Happy Hour show. Third or fourth time, More I'm guessing. That, I think. Has he been on the show now? Maybe Don with this one? Weinstein, one of the, most the head of product and technology here at ADP, a man of many talents, many titles. We're simplifying it right now, but clearly one of our favorite guests. Fourth time, Don? You were fourth time. Fourth time on the HR Happy Hour show. Soon to be fifth time. In yes. contention. Well, do I get like a jacket or uh, We do. You know, yeah, no, is, is Don going to be part of the, the live show I coming up? To, yes, we just that's confirmed awesome. Don for the live show at HR Tech Conference. So. All right. So that's, right. that's going to be fun, too. So, Don, welcome back. Thank, Thank you, you for hosting us here at the ADP Analyst Day. It's been a great day and a half. Um, man. 
lots of great stuff. So I'm rather than me try to figure out where to begin, I'm gonna throw it to you to say, hey, what's happening? What's fun? What's new? What's exciting? And, and, and what are, what's jazzed you up about kind of where ADP is at right now? Yeah, so thank you guys both for, for coming too. It was uh, it was a fun day and a half. Uh, first time we did an overnight, right? I said right. next time we'll put cots out in the <laughs> in the lab and we'll just have a slumber party there. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it was, I felt like it was kind of a coming out party for us in uh, uh, unveiling in a big way some of the work that we've been building in our in our labs, and we showed you really two our next generation uh, HCM suite as well as our next generation um, payroll engine with really some, some forward looking both from a, a technology but more importantly from a, a end user uh, usability and application perspective. So, you know, from the, the ground up, we built all this stuff public cloud native. I think it's kind of the next generation of, of where technology is going. It's all running in, in, in the public cloud and Amazon taking advantage of those services. And that enables us, that gives us a level of freedom that we can innovate like never before. As an example, one of the things that we did when we built uh, the NextGen platform is we leveraged a what we call the graph database, which is, this is the same database that Facebook pioneered to model out people's social interactions, right? Because, you know, you have different circles of friends, same kind of concept. We know there's the traditional hierarchy of work, but you have different work structures that look nothing like your hierarchy. And most systems that we work in today can't model that. And so that was a, an opportunity for us to just take a step back, clean sheet of paper, rethink everything from the ground up, and now we're excited to be, uh, to be sharing it out with the world. Yeah, and, and so you hinted at something which we really want to dig into a little bit here is uh, and it's, it's also part of the, the Research Institute and the work that they're doing and the, the global engagement study that's coming out, or has come out. It has come out. And, and we'll, Marcus will be talking about it at HR Tech, by the way, Marcus Buckingham. But uh, work is fundamentally changing in many ways. And one of the key ways that's teased out in the research, and you hinted at this, Don, is work being executed by teams, maybe dynamic teams, rapidly change, rapidly forming and dissolving teams, people operating on multiple teams at the same time maybe not truly reflective, say, of the traditional org hierarchy. I'd love for you to talk about just what you've observed and what you found around teamwork and then how that's going to lead into how technology is going to adapt to those changes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it's been a great partnership with, with Marcus and the Research Institute. And part of the philosophy is having more of that, let's do some real fundamental research before we just go out and, and slap some technology together and, and throw it out in the market. You know, the biggest thing that, that came out of the research that was, again, recently completed, and it's, it's on the ADP Research Institute website. Anybody can go there. It's a, it's a free site and check it out. I'd strongly encourage um, something we all fundamentally know, which is most work is teamwork. In fact, what we found when we did the research is uh, 83% of the, the workers who were part of the study said they worked on at least one team. 64% said they worked on multiple teams. And, you know, my favorite one was that 75%, three out of four workers, said the teams that they work on are not reflected in the organizational's hierarchy, right? And so to us, this is like a, just a humongous blind spot because you're organizing people into these functional groups for some reason, but it's just not reflective of how the work is getting done. We had a really great, robust discussion with, with you guys and with Marcus this morning. It's like, if you want to know uh, what's happening, what work is being done, where would you go to? You'd, you'd ask the workers, and so for us, it's like, how do we 
reverse engineer the whole thought process around around HCM technology. You know, historically we were building primarily for uh, the HR practitioners, and then kind of force fitting the workers into that. And so all we did is we just took that and flipped it on its head, and let's let's build HCM technology for the workers, the workers first, and then. We can aggregate it up in a way that will give uh, our, our HR practitioners the information that they need. Actually, it'll be better and, and, and more viable. But that's just a it's, it's a fun, it sounds like a simple principle, but it's a fundamental rethink because most of what we do, our data model is kind of top down. We start with an organizational hierarchy and we map people into the hierarchy. Right. And what we've done here is just the exact opposite. Let me start with people and map the hierarchy to the people because they know it changes and they're reflective of it. And that's kind of the big idea. I think one of the most interesting things about that, Don, is the way that um, over the last day and a half that it's kind of come up again and again um, as we're discussing sort of this next-gen HCM as well as, you know, payroll, just how the work is getting done. It's, it's giving insights to the HR leaders that maybe they thought existed but never were able to prove but because as HR, we were sort of looking for technology to just work the way that we were working, it was really preventing us from being more effective as HR leaders, being more insightful and being able to make recommendations to our C-suite, for example. Whereas now, by flipping it the other direction, I mean, you just said that, it sort of gives HR people those insights that they didn't have in that way before. So that's that's really a big, big differentiator, I think, for ADP right now. I, do, I don't see a lot of other vendors doing that. Um, and so I, I think it's going to be something your customers or, or potential customers will really find valuable because it, it really bolsters what they've been trying to maybe prove all along in their organization and didn't know how. Are you seeing any of your current customers already starting to have examples of how that's impacting the way they work with their leadership teams, or is it still a little early on that? Well, it's it's on the early side, but we've got some we've got some uh, early success stories out there. Uh, you know, some of which are, are starting to get uh, pushed out into into the public press as well. Um, you know, the the biggest one for us is about uh, the analytics and the insights that you can generate on teams, and and the other key thing that's really critical that we don't talk nearly enough about is the role of team leaders in the organization, right? So you've got all these teams. That's fantastic. Well, where did they come from? Well, somebody pulled them together. And what are they doing? Well, you know, they can be self-organizing, but generally speaking, there's usually somebody who's kind of driving uh, driving the, the group forward. And that doesn't have to be reflective of the organizational hierarchy. You know, we were, we were joking about it just a uh, a few minutes ago, but um, you know, we had a team that we pulled together for the event. Mm-hmm. You know, it was our analyst day uh, execution team, and it had people from all across the organization, folks from the product group, my side, folks from our marketing uh, group, and 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 our good friend Ted Copta, who runs analyst relations. Right. You know, he was the leader of that team. Right. Now, you can't find if you if you said, "Hey, give me a list of all my managers," he's not going to show up on any manager list. Right. But if you said, hey, what are all my teams and where is the work being done and who are my team leaders? Just simple questions. How many teams do I have? Who's on them? What are they doing? Who are my, who are my team leaders? Who are my best team leaders? Who are my team leaders who might be struggling and maybe need some help and some coaching? Total blind spot in, in the world of work today. And, um, you know, what we are seeing that's interesting as a parallel 
is there's been this huge growth in what I'll call the technology space around the concept of Teams. Um, so you can see uh, Microsoft, a big push around Microsoft Teams. Sure. Uh, Slack has taken over at least a lot of the tech world, right? Slack is huge in the tech world. Cisco rebranded WebEx as WebEx Teams. Yeah. So you can see in the, the folks are recognizing that this is where work is happening. And just to be clear, we're not trying to get into that. I think that. the Facebook for Work product is largely a team. Facebook group. for Work. It's, it's largely a product to help teams form and, and communicate. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And, and these things are taking off organically. And Slack's probably the best example because their whole model is freemium, right? We're just going to go in there and give it away, let people start using it, yeah. and then we'll come back and give you the sales order afterwards. But yeah. it shows you that, that folks were hungry for something that didn't exist anywhere else. Now, those are great. What they lack is any kind of, of HCM analytics yeah. and insights, and that's where exactly. we're able to kind of marry those things together. We partner with them. We partner with Microsoft. We partner with Facebook. We partner with Slack. We're not trying to do what they're doing. Sure. As far as I can tell, they're not trying to get into <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our stuff. Yeah. But there's interesting things that can happen when you can when you can marry the, te- the, the teams and the data together. Yeah, and, and the power of the data here, I mean, we don't... You can throw out some numbers if you want to, Don, but one of the things that's impressed me consistently in the last, say, five or six years when I've been doing HR tech and, and every year we sit down and we do some demos and we look okay. at what you guys are building is how you continue to um, uh, create value for your clients as well as, honestly, for the public from the data that yeah. you guys have access to, which is remarkable. I'll throw out a number. I heard yesterday one in six U.S. workers is being paid yeah. through an ADP platform or an ADP product at this point, which to me is staggering, right? And not just, okay, that's great, congratulations, whatever, you know, good job, but but still, what what can we learn from this? What can we learn about work, workplaces, the organization of work, and as we said now, teams, is to me, we're talking about a whole new way of working, or recognizing, or maybe a new way of recognizing how work is being done. I think that's the key. Yeah. I think I, work's been... been forming into sort of organic teams like that for a long time and we had no ability to to capture that in a way that was meaningful from an HR perspective because again if you're buried in the trenches in HR you either didn't have technology to do it or you didn't have time to do it or you didn't know exactly how to do it you sort of intuitively were trying to identify maybe some of those team leaders to your point about this this analyst day team right yeah. it's not about the titles that certain people have but who is taking the lead on a certain project or a certain time frame or what, whatever the case might be, depending on the type of industry you're in. But they're super valuable, and those are the people that are actually driving real results in your organization. Maybe they're driving sales in your organization. Maybe they're driving, we, we talked a lot about engagement this morning, right? That's one of those things that, again, it's been difficult to capture that I feel like you guys have kind of, uh, I don't know, put a stake in the ground on it now because you do have that that information from all of those employees already using the product. And then I'd love Donna comment on this, but largely, right, for the last 25 years or so, right, of HR systems, right, mm-hmm. ERP and on, onwards, there was no way to reflect that in these systems, right? So, in, right. again, let's use this example of this event. There's a big event, a lot of people involved on the ADP side putting this together from all different parts of the organization. Ted, the, the team leader, in a traditional HR system, there's no way to recognize that. There's no way to reflect it. Mm-hmm. Ted's title is whatever his normal title is. Uh, Don, so how, how do we now be, begin to start building and, and, and developing technologies to support HR leaders and business leaders to actually thrive in this world? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's exactly it, which caused us to go back to, you know, uh, again, clean sheet of paper, 
first principles, we start at that basic level. Let's start at one worker, right? And let's build out from there. Let's build you a, a just a, here's a simple all-worker pool, and then allow them to start to dynamically assemble themselves. And then the best part about it, like any any structure you put in place, any kind of analytical framework you put in place, if it's defined by a hierarchy, it's wrong the minute you finish, right? Because right. things Absolutely. change so quickly. Absolutely. So if, if at the end of the day, what we do here is we say, no, we're going to empower and we're going to build systems for people. Like the other thing we talk a lot about is um, our, favorite, our favorite term of art is uncoerced voluntary usage. Okay, I like that. So most of our systems, let's be right honest, <laughs> most of our systems, we want people to use them usually by, you know, threatening them. Right. <laughs> it's, a norm, it's a mandate. You want to get paid, you must do this. Right? Correct. It, yeah. yeah it's, it, to me, the simple example, like we use this term, the consumerization of technology. Right. Well, what, what is consumer tech? Why is consumer tech different than enterprise tech? A lot of people have different views. Many people think it's about user experience. I tell you, there's one very, very specific difference. Enterprise technology you use because you have to. If you want to work at ADP and you want to work in the payroll department, thou shalt use this system. Right. That's, this is how we pay. You don't get to choose. Right. You use it because that's what we pay. Consumer technology, you use because you want to. Yeah. Right? Nobody's telling you that you need to use Candy Crush, and yet you know, billions of people are out there doing it. So for me, when we think about consumerization of technology, it's like, well, here's this pretty user interface. Is this consumer tech? Well, no, because if it's annoying and lame and even it's got nice pretty colors on it, it's, I'm not going to use it. It's the value to pain ratio. Value like to pain, that. right? Do I get anything I do? It takes some pain. Small amount, large amount. You know, I got to download Candy Crush. That's a small amount of pain, but I have to take an effort. But apparently, the value I get out of that supersedes that. If I get more value than pain, I'm going to use it. And so, for us, consumerization of enterprise technology, building systems that people use, not because we tell them that they have to, but because they see the value and they want to. And once so, so the design point changes. Now my design point is the worker, the individual person, and extremely important, the team leader. Some people are talking about, about end users. Nobody's talking about team leaders. Right. And if we think that's a key organizing principle, we build products that people, that team members and team leaders use because they help them, because they create more value than, than the pain, then they'll use them. And then you know we in, in the HR community can step back and watch this self-assemble uh, in a dynamic fashion that doesn't happen anywhere else in the industry. And again, it's all about just flipping that design point. From org, again, everything we do, we map. It, it, I'll give you a great example of this, and, and it was a, a big aha moment for us, right? We have organizations, we map people to the organization. If you And, and one of the big misses in there was gig economy workers, sure. freelancers, uh, Every single company we talked to, and we did a, a survey, more than 90% of, of companies in our survey population use freelancers somewhere in their workforce, right? But if you look at an enterprise HCM system, they don't exist. Usually, they're being managed by procurement, procurement which, yeah. which is, like, fascinating. I mean, there's a, if there's a second, there's, there's, there's two things I would love to, to folks to take away from. One is you need to think about building around your workers and your teams and your team leaders, and stepping back 
kind of getting a little bit out of the way in a, in a visible, okay, now I can watch what's going on, and I'm going to get much more information out of that than trying to impose my hierarchy and my methodology on folks. That's one. And the second thing I would just implore folks to take away is if we're in the HR domain, gig work is it's big, it's growing, and nobody's really paying attention to it. And an organization like mine in, in technology, um, I'd say roughly 10 to 15%, that's actually not a huge number, but 10 to 15% of my workforce is going to be a freelancer or contractor, and it, it goes up and down. Um, who are those people? Yeah. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they engaged? Are they not engaged? And some folks in the technology industry have a workforce that's 50% freelancers. Right. And, and you're leaving your employment value proposition for those folks coming in the door to the procurement department. Um, imagine you run, if, let's say you care about engagement, you care about having a happy, productive workforce, and you have a, a survey, and we have a survey instrument, we think it's the best one out there, um, and you run that survey, but you are only surveying the people who, you know, right. Right. show half, up on... Right, half of your workforce is, is being surveyed, and the other these, being These people are coming in the door every right. day. They're part of your organization. Everybody knows who they are, yeah. but apparently we don't care about them. I don't know if it's that they don't care about What's them. I will the say this, though. I, I will say just sort of, you know, going to university uh, to study human resources management, you know, getting degreed in that, it was, it was just drilled into our heads. You never, ever, ever want to handle any kind of temp work or any kind of, you know, it has to be procurement because of the risk. Like, we were told... Absolutely not, because of co-employment issues. So it was very much like some some law professor, like pounding it into our heads as we're studying human resources, saying, "Don't you ever ever do it?" Because again, like I'll, in my entire career through HR, if if anyone told me I needed to do something with a temp, I was like, "Absolutely not, no." Yeah. Don't even. Yeah. But see now, but because of to your point, now it's such a huge portion of how work gets done in a company. HR has to be involved. It's silly not to be involved, right? Maybe maybe the risk is is less than what was perceived 20, 25 years ago. I mean, again, it's been a while since I was in college, but it was that that was definitely how we were trained up. So again, if think about people who are, you know, Gen X, for example, who are now in those CHRO roles, they were probably pounded upon pretty severely not to have co-employment issues. So to to steer clear of it. So it's it's a mind mindset change, I think, for them too. So there were IT issues as well. I can recall certainly a couple places where I worked where we we needed these folks in our HR system mm -hmm. for various reasons because it, it just happens. And in many cases, this is pretty common. There's a lot of downstream stuff sure. that happens once a new employee record is created, like logins and access and other passwords yeah. and in print of badge out or whatever is happening. But you know, we went through hoops and you know and just gyrations to well. They're an employee, but they're not an employee. Exactly. And they can't do this and they can't do that. We had to create this new classification. But here's the interesting thing. This is going back a little bit. Let's trip down memory lane here, church to college here. But uh, <laughs> uh, we couldn't report on them because we classified them differently. So, Nor you know, did you want to, probably. They say, well, how many people are on this team? Or how many people are working in this region? How many people That's are on it. this project? We, we had to then create extra work to do those reports. So anyway, right. that would be a handy thing to know. Not reflective of all about how work was really getting done and our yeah. systems certainly were constraining us from being able to accurately portray right. and understand even what we were yeah. doing. And then if I'm a team leader 
and you want me to use your system, but my team is six full-timers and three, yeah. you know, contractors, and I can't see my contractors. Right. Well, this is no good for me. And so so you're not going to use it. I'm not going to use it. Exactly. That's, yeah. yeah. And that shows you that design point difference yeah. of saying, I'm going to start with not the compliance angle. That, By the way, it's not to say, you know, ADP, we take compliance very, very, very oh, sure. seriously. Right, right. Yeah. But I can't allow that to define my thinking to such an extent that I'm missing a huge population. Yeah. It's more like I have to design that in and I have to design around it, but I can't allow that to constrain my thinking. Right. I'll give you one other, like, just it's a, an amusing example, I find it, because uh, we're, we're solving for it. But my organization, we're about, uh, about 9,000 people, and I've got, call it 5,000 here in the U.S., and then 4,000 globally. The way our, our HR systems are organized, the way our legal entities are organized, is the people who are part of the technology organization in other countries actually roll up into, there's a country general manager. Mm -hmm. We do that mostly for tax purposes. Right. But, you know, if I'm doing reporting, if you look at, if you look at the formal org chart, 44% of my organization mm-hmm. right. isn't there, 44%. Right. So, you know, we used to do, you know, before we were rolling out our, our, our new solutions here, you know, we, we used other tools around engagement, and they'd give me, here's the engagement of your organization. I'd look at the little N at the bottom, you know, see how many people, this is not my organization. Right. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, a piece of, a slice it. of it. Right. It's a slice that's yeah, right. not unuseful, but where's the rest of it? Oh, well, they're all here, here, and here. Um, and so I think that's just... Such a, a, a shift in terms of what we're trying to accomplish that I'm really excited about um, because it's it's an obvious problem, but I don't know that anybody else is working on it. So my little angle for this show, my little title I'm, I'm noodling in my head is kind of the, the kind of the next generation of work and the next generation of technologies. That's a lot of words to put in a title, but I'll have to uh, I'll have to condense that down. But a lot of what we're talking about does, in order for it to really be fully realized uh, in organization, is going to require, let's just say, different slash better technology solutions. And I know that's what you guys are really focusing on, right? That was a lot of what we talked about the last day and a half. And so uh, maybe, Don, just give us a couple thoughts around uh, whether it's specific to the next-gen HDM platform that ADP is working on or just how you see as basically one of the leaders in technology and HR technology in our space – where, where it's going to need to go and, and how it's going to adapt to support this new kind of world of work we're talking about. Yeah. And, and if, if, can I geek out just a little bit sure, on you for it. a second? I'm so, ready. So, you know, it, I, I've been looking back longitudinally over history, like big, momentous, game-changing events in the history of technology. Like, for instance, you would look at the invention of smartphones was one, but it was really, it was really uh, Apple that came out, you know, the Apple, uh, the first uh, iPhone. Um, now, I think it was uh, 11, 12, 12 years, 12 years ago. Yeah. I know that one. That's yeah. right, 12 years iPhone, ago. Yeah. And it's, it's taken a little while, but now everything is mobile first, mobile only, and you can see how that's completely transformed technology, including entirely new frameworks that we work in that didn't even exist because if I didn't have a mobile technology, I didn't need a mobile designer, et cetera. So you, I'm using that as an example to say that's a, a, a big, uh, pivotal shift in technology. So we've got another one that's going on right now, and that's called the public cloud. And it's early stages still, right? But you know, with the launch of first AWS and then others like Microsoft Azure and Google getting in the game, all, you know, and the other, you know, I spent a lot of time on the application side, I spent a lot of time on the engineering side, and the other half of my life, 
you can see it's just got momentum. And that's what happens with technologies. Something comes out, it gets momentum, and then just it's a giant gravitational pull uh, of, of customers, of investment, more investment, more customers, etc. Then you get on that flywheel. It doesn't last forever, but you can get a pretty long run out of it. And so I think this, uh, the, the adoption of the public cloud in the enterprise technology space will be as big or bigger than the iPhone. And in particular, one of the things that we, we demonstrated uh, yesterday and how we're taking advantage of it is we use this emerging technology called containers. And what containers enable us to do is to take a software suite and chunk it up into tiny, tiny, tiny little bite-sized pieces of functionality. And so again, I'll go back to the metaphor of the iPhone that we talked about, where you know we all have, or we all have smartphones, um, and there's only like two or three major dominant smartphone platforms in the world. But even though we're all running on the same platform, we have vastly different experiences, right? right. Because the apps that I use are, are different. I, like I have not inspected Trisha's phone here; it's sitting right next <laughs> to me. I'm feeling like you might have, <laughs> but I'm willing. I, I'm willing to go on a limb and right. guarantee that if we compared right. the apps that she has and the apps that I have, every iPhone is shipped exactly the same, they, and within minutes they're all different. Exactly. So again, that's a that's a consumer's, you know, because you've empowered the the, the customer to use the apps to configure the platform the way they want. The way they want. Then they use it. Same thing happening, needs to happen in the enterprise technology space. The advent of the public cloud, the adoption of this new technology called containers enables us to do that, where I can take a, a, a pretty complex process, let's say recruiting, and then just chunk it up into little bite-sized chunks of, well, let me do uh, sourcing, let me do screening, let me do scoring, uh, let me have a, just a simple chat Bot that's going to organize the workflow. Of the interview management. Interview management. Right. You can break right. it up into these light, light, bite-sized, discrete pieces of functionality that you can configure in a more personalized fashion. Where you know you, Steve, you might like this particular algorithm for rev, uh, resume scoring, and Trish, you might like a different one. Right. And again, in today's world, I'm going to be the the you know enterprise tech person and say that everybody has to use this one right. because right. I said so. Gotcha. Right. And tomorrow it's like, well, here's 50, and it's kind of we started down this journey with the marketplace a few years mm -hmm. ago, and now this is more of a platform that accelerate. Well, how about if we let the people just? I mean, we'll have some curation of it. It's not going to be the wild west, but here's 20 algorithms that we've vetted. And we'll let the people decide which one's the best, or we can run analytics on the background and make recommendations. And so I think that's going to be just a sweeping change. We're going to get out of like of, of bulky modules. We think about modules, and modules get bloated. And here's what happens in, in software. You come out with a really nice application, and people like it. And then you get more customers. That's great. And then those more customers that you get, well, they have unique requirements. And then you start tacking those on to that one application, and it just gets it gets bloated, it gets fat. And so we're going to go from fat, bloated modules to skinny, micro, discrete, targeted apps. Think about the smartphone experience in the enterprise. And it's the public cloud, early stages. It's taken us 12 years from iPhone to get to this point now where we're thinking mobile first. You know, we're maybe only three years into, four years into the public cloud journey. But I would say, you know, if you look out five years into the future, we're all going to be thinking about our enterprise technology differently. Yeah, and, and the shift to me is is more that that first migration to, to mobile, right? And certainly in the HR space and, and probably other enterprise spaces as well, is 
replicate fairly closely the web experience, the browser experience in, in, in a smaller form factor, right? Because a lot of times you hear people say, well, I got to be able to do all the same stuff, right? I, I can't, it, or it doesn't help me on mobile. And that was five, seven years of That's right. That was mobile one dot. Well, right? Right. Of course we did. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what we it, did. The yeah. yeah. mobile app, though, point. actually yeah. is, is like one of the highest rated apps uh, in the business uh, right. category we right. saw yesterday. But. Absolutely. Can, can I just, one, one, you're, you're 100% right because the first instantiation of our mobile app, yeah. we tried to take the desktop and fit it onto the yeah, mobile. Yeah, just shrink it down. Because yeah. <laughs> customers work. told you they wanted that. Of course. I imagine, right, yeah. It didn't work. It sort of worked-ish, but yeah. it wasn't. Right. So then we redid the whole thing to be uh, work better on the mobile and then guess what we did? We took that back to the, back. Desktop, to the desktop. See, that's, yeah. That's a beautiful metaphor. And so the same kind of thing, I think, is happening now in 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 the fundamental architecture of our application. And kind of the cool thing, not to not to like you know pat Don and the team on the back a little bit, but, but the cool thing that they did here, though, I think I was thinking about the next gen HTM suite is is they kind of carved it out. It's almost as if hey, what if we were starting, and we didn't have 50, 70, 80 years of, right. of legacy. We didn't have twenty years of product X already out there. If we were going to do this from scratch, right now, today, with the technologies that are now available, like public cloud, containers, uh, people's willingness to use apps, right, for many things in their lives, and th that's what we're going to do. That's a pretty interesting story in itself. That, it's exactly right. It was, it, it was the unique, it's not very often in, in our world that you're able, that you're afforded that opportunity. Not in a real big company. Not like a big right. company, around to for a say. Long time. Yeah. Yep. Right. You know, you guys go off and just design the future. You know, don't worry about the past. Just think about where the world is going. Take advantage of all the latest technologies. Take advantage of all the best thinking that's doing coming out of our research institute, yeah. unencumbered by anything else, and try to build something awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's interesting. It's it's cool, and it's kind of like uh, I don't know. It makes sense though, with all the assets that you have, all the capability that you have. Research, data, the data—you know—all the analysis you can do from your data, and then having that sort of manifest in how new technologies are going to support this new way of working. So it's a pretty cool time here at ADP, Don. Well, thank you, and, and uh, we like to think so, yeah. um, and, and we're just happy to be able to share it with with you guys and the rest. So of the we want people to go to ADP.com, of course, but also research.adp.com. That's right. You yes. can get access to this engagement study that we talked about a little bit. We probably should talk about more on the show. Yes, Maybe and we'll, we'll, put, we'll also show. make sure we put some links to that because that is free research for the listeners. I know it's something they always yeah. look for, so... Being able to have that at their fingertips to help make decisions, that's going to be a yeah, big Yeah, and lots more exciting benefit. stuff coming out of the Research Institute as well. We don't have time to get into that today, but maybe we'll, like I said, we can get off on, on the show and we'll weeks. dig into it. So, <laughs> Don, thank you and the team for having us. Yes. It's been another great uh, time here at ADP Analyst Day. Days. So, Days. thank you again. Yeah. Thank you as well. Uh, our pleasure, and, and maybe we'll do that slumber party next there week. There we go. I love it. I love all it. All right. So, all right, we got to wrap. People got to run to the airport for Don. For Trish McFarland, my name's Steve Bose. Thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.
Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.